Welcome to the All About Elephants show here on All About Animals Radio. My name is Gary and today I am joined by three truly inspirational people who have changed the lives of three elephants. Diana Munoz and Colby Steiner from Gentle Giants Nonprofit and Derek Campana from Bionic Pets have worked together to give a new lease of life for Tycoon, Meadow and Kaboo living at the Elephant Nature Park in Thailand. An amazing achievement made possible by your generosity in giving to and sharing the Bionic Giants 2 fundraising campaign. Diana, Colby, welcome back to the show. Hi, Gary. We're happy to be back. And Derek, I've got so many questions for you. Some of the work I've seen you <laughs> doing is actually amazing. But welcome, and thank, thank you, you for spending much. your Saturday with us here on AAA Radio. If you have any questions for Derek or Colby or Diana, you can email them to studio at online. Or you, if you are listening on our website, there is a little red chat button at the bottom right of this page, and you can send me your question and it will pop up on my screen in the studio. Colby, Diana, Gentle Giants is a relatively new organisation, and for anyone who didn't catch our first episode on the All About Elephant show, tell me briefly about how it all got started. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary, so yes, we are actually a very young, young uh, organisation but we started because elephants needed our help uh, so they wouldn't starve in Thailand. So we launched Gentle Giants to be able to give immediate uh, COVID relief to the elephants and to everyone that we could in Thailand. We didn't know that by helping elephants, we would end up helping thousands of people as well by keeping them, you know, their, their business afloat. Uh, helping feed their families and everything is thanks to the gentle giants that we have helped. So everything has been revolving around them. Um, you know, they have been, the gentle ones have been the ones that have been uh, bringing everyone together and helping all the people in Thailand that we have been able to. And Derek, I've seen some of your work on your webpage, uh, bionic, bionicpets.org. And to watch some of the animals that you've been able that are able to walk around again must give you such a great sense of satisfaction. It's almost impossible not to smile at some of the photographs on the website. How did you start being involved in making prosthetic devices for anything from guinea pigs to elephants? What's your background? Yeah, so I went to medical school for human orthotics and prosthetics. And back then... Um, in 2004, there was really no such thing as animal prosthetics. So uh, luckily, I had a veterinarian bring her dog into my human office. And she looked at everybody and said, Oh, I need a prosthesis for my dog. And it was quite strange. Because again, I'd never heard of that. No one really ever heard of doing anything for, for, for a pet like that. And I said, All right, I, I'll give it a try. And when I made the device, and I fit this dog, um, you know, I really got such joy out of it, you know, watching that dog's tail wag again and the owner just cry tears of joy. And I started um, making animal prosthetics basically from that dog. And then like 35,000 animals later, here we are today. So it's been quite a journey, quite a trip from guinea pigs to dogs to huge elephants. And uh, yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome journey. 35,000 animals. That's, that's really amazing effort. Unbelievable. Um, and the guinea pig, well worth watching the guinea pig. Um, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Definitely. It's very good. Um, honestly, after the show, I guarantee it will put a smile on your face. But just a quick word of warning. Um, we're going to start talking about the three elephants, Kaboo, Meadow and Tycoon. And some of you might find these stories a little bit upsetting. But please hold in there. Diana and Colby and Derek hit their fundraising campaign target for this project and are really turning things around massively for these elephants. Diana Colby, let's start with Kaboo. What's her story and how did she end up at the nature park and being part of the Bionic Giants 2 program? Kaboo was a baby uh, when she was working in a logging um, camp with her mother. She was just about one or two years old. Well, her mother was pulling a large log. The log rolled over and it hit her ankle and fractured it. And the baby never, baby Kabu never had any medical care, nothing. It just healed as it was. And it's very sad to see that she grew, she grew up, she was force bred and she um, had this disability and she was forced to work in a logging 
in camp. And thankfully in 2015, if my memory serves me right, uh, Lek found her and she was just in this horrible state. She looked extremely thin, was in horrible pain, living abuse and cruelty like, well, many of them live, but she was really, really suffering. Her baby boy had been taken away. He had died after the Pajan or the crush. And she has a baby girl that had also been taken away. And just, you know, it broke Lex's heart and um, negotiations started and she was able to move her to Elephant Nature Park where she has thrived, but she has never been able to fully thrive because of this disability. So, it, you know, now that Derek has done these uh, this orthotic for her, we're just hoping that she is able to thrive even more. Yeah, it's, um, if, if you're listening on a AAA radio website, you can see the three prosthetics by just scrolling down the page a little bit. Derek, now these are obviously custom-built precision pieces of engineering, right? And I guess that the elephants yes. don't come to you in the USA, so you have to head over to Thailand. Which one is Kaboo's brace? And just so you know, if you're not looking at the photograph, you've got the red one with the kind of pink um, bit sticking yep, that's, out. That is the one. That is for Kaboo. Yes, okay. that is Kaboo. So, yeah, that. So, I had the amazing opportunity to go to Thailand um, a couple months ago and meet Kaboo Meadow all the amazing elephants there. And um, yeah, Kabu has this angular limb deformity at this point after the accident. And you see this a lot on different animals, but when you're talking an elephant the size of Kabu, it can be extremely uh, a huge issue um, as far as shortening uh, their lifespan and just getting around every single day. So we casted these guys. We, I casted Medu's Medu, uh, sorry, Kabu's leg when I was there. And I, I just finished building this, what's called an able-bodied prosthesis yesterday, and we'll be shipping it off to Thailand. And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, this works really well for Kabu. Okay. So, but, so remembering that I don't have a clue about how to build one of these things, it's obviously a very, very yeah. technical uh, kind of operation. But what exactly was needed in Kabu's case? How did the process begin? So when I was in Thailand, we took a, a mold, which is called a negative mold of the limb. Then I flew that over to Virginia, where I am now, and we fill that mold with plaster of Paris. Then I hand sculpt that mold, um, and then we vacuum form silicone gel liners, thick plastics, and uh, we use a lot of human prosthetic componentry for this build, put it all together, and voila, you got a Wow. massive elephant orthotic, but uh, it takes a long time. It's no easy feats. And um, we're really just learning about elephant orthotics and prosthetics in general, because there hasn't, haven't been many made worldwide to, to yeah. date. So it's been really great teaming up with the gentle giants yep. and working together to really get a start and get a grasp on what, what's needed for um, elephant prosthetics and braces. So you know, Gary, one thing that I want to add to that is that it's really amazing <clears throat> that we're making history and yeah. we can't make promises that for sure 100 uh, percent these are going to work. But the thing is that we're out there and we're starting it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't work, we'll have to go back to the drawing board. And that's what how we you know, are going to develop this i think that that's very important to keep in mind mm -hmm. many people uh you know are asking us are you sure it's going to work is it for sure and we don't know that because this is the first time that many of these uh devices are being made for the elephants but one thing that we are sure is that we are advancing and making history uh with uh, you know derek and and it's it's just an amazing thing to to be doing yeah, absolutely. I, mean, you, uh, I was just about to say when, when Derek mentioned that this is the first time he's made one for an elephant, you're really kind of leading the way here. Um, nobody has really done this before, and, and you are making history. Yeah, just yeah. like with uh, dog prosthetics, anything back in the day, you got to start somewhere. And it's been amazing to work with these elephants and, and learn along the way what to do, what not to do. And every single time I build a new device for an elephant, I'm learning so much. And mm -hmm. so that feedback is just necessary to advance the field. And it's been awesome just to, to do this for the gentle giants and be able to um, help these animals and just pretty much further this path uh, of learning for these elephants. Yeah. And how do we and think... You know 
Gary, let me jump in real quick because we're talking about the process of this. Um, We've had, you know, people concerned about the wearers of the device. So say Caboose friends or Meadows friends and family rejecting them because they have this device on. Um, And and people seem to be more concerned about the colors of the device than the actual device. (laughs) But I do want to say that Elephants are very intelligent and compassionate towards each other. Um, the elephants don't shun Kaboo or Meadow because of their deformities and disabilities. You know, they also have extremely poor eyesight, particularly in the light of day. Um, and elephants are colorblind. So it's it's really not an issue of it's like we're projecting what we see that's what they see and that and that's not what they see you know um they don't see maymai's bright pink beautiful <laughs> brace yeah you know what they'll they will see is oh memai is walking yeah. You know, and it's the same with Kabu and all the others that the elephants aren't going to notice the color of this device. They're going to notice something because the elephants are going to be walking better, standing better, happier. So they're going to be curious. Of course, some may be a little concerned at first, but eventually it's just going to become a part of them. So, I, you know, I, I want people to understand that elephants don't see the way people see so you know whatever the color is if it was neon orange (laughs) you know they're not going to see neon orange so you know that that's something that people really need to consider that elephants aren't like people in that sense yeah and that's the best part of animal prosthetics is you don't have those societal factors it either works or it doesn't with people you know, people don't necessarily want to wear a prosthesis or a brace because other people are looking at them. But that's the beauty of animal prosthetics is no one's judging. It's just either working or not and helping or not. And uh, so it gives a much truer reaction on really what's working for these guys. So it's uh, it's great to work with animals and to get that much more true reaction. Mm. And, yes. and who's in charge of selecting the colors? Uh, Derek. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. my thing, but I have to confess. I mean, uh, when he showed me the first picture, those are my favorite colors. So I was like, oh my God, we're connected. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> they are really my favorite colors. And again, you know, the funny thing about this is that they put on the, the Mammai's brace and it was so beautiful, pink and purple, and blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, it was full of mud, and no yeah. one saw it again. <laughs> you know, they, they the yeah. I like to go. Loud, I like care. to go loud and proud with all the colors. You know, it's like if if it's blending into an animal, and sometimes you have to for sure. Then um, people will say, "Oh, what's wrong?" But if you are loud and colorful, then most people will say, "Oh, that's very cool." And so, really, I want I want this to be a very proud thing, and I want people to realize they're, they're not trying to hide anything. We're trying to show off that we're trying to help these animals move and walk and be mobile. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a lot of times why I make these um, so colorful. And how is this yeah. going to, well, we love them. How we is love this, them. This is going to change things for Kabu. What, what's your expectations in terms of how she's, she's going to be improved by this? Um, ah. Well, a lot like other animals. So she has this really bent wrist. And so she could, can't put a lot of weight on it. Mm. So I'm hoping this extension I'm putting down with the prosthesis will just allow her to offload her other good legs and put more weight on her bad leg yeah. and just allow her to be a lot more comfortable. What this will do is realign her body, redistribute the weight and take a lot of pressure off her remaining good joints mm-hmm. and allow her to live, be mobile mm-hmm. and really extend her, her life by years. People don't realize that that's what it does. Um, the breakdown, especially on an elephant who's thousands of pounds can be really significant with their other legs and joints. And so um, this could have a huge impact and really extend their life. Yeah. Uh, and for us now, that's, that's the medical aspect. And for us, uh, all the lay people that are out there, of course, extending our life and everything, 
that's the most important. But when we were, when Colby and I uh, wanted this as well, uh, also because now Kabu has a baby girl, Shanna, and another one that has come into their life with is uh, Saiton. And Shanna is amazingly energetic and makes Kabu run all over after her. And Kabu does it, but she does it with a lot of pain. So our expectation is to extend her life, but also that she can run after Shanna and now Saitong and, you know, all her family without this pain and discomfort because she does it. She really does it. She's so in love with that baby girl. She had lived in Elephant Nature Park for about five years, never wanted uh, to interact much with any other elephant, never allowed love back into her heart. And for some reason, when she met Shauna, Shauna lit that fire up again in her heart and she will do anything for her. And, but she, and she does, but with this uh, device, we're hoping that she's able to walk freely without pain with more comfort. So just much more mobility and much more enjoyment of life. Exactly. Yes. Which is, uh, uh, as we know, for any living being, that's, yeah. It is very important to be Absolutely. able to enjoy life. Yeah, and moving on to Meadow, what's her history and how did she end up in, in as part of the Gentle Giants Two, uh, Bionic Giants Two? She she Meadow was born around 1976, and Meadow was born into a logging camp. She started hauling logs up and down mountains at around the age of eight. Um. She did that for four years, and then there was an accident where a very heavy log rolled and broke her rear left ankle, and that was when she was 12. So they they did address the injury, um, but she was now injured and couldn't work in logging, so they took her to other camps, but nobody was interested in, you know, hiring an elephant who was injured. So then she became a um, breeding elephant um, and she and Diana probably knows this story better, but it, her back was broken during forced breeding. And yes. so she is her back is completely she she stands at a angle, you know, her back, her bottom is almost touching the ground because her back legs can no longer hold up her weight. Well, <clears throat> Meadow was being force bred. And for people that don't know what force breeding is, is the way they rape an elephant. They will uh, chain the female elephant all four legs down. They will put knives to the belly and they will have a mahout pulling on her ears uh, so that she moves forward and allows the bull to, to mount her. Uh, the bulls are not normally treated any any better. They are furious. They are beaten. They are starved. They are done, and they are taken also shackled to mount an elephant. So, <clears throat> in Kabu's case, what happened with her is that she this bull was just exhausted and furious and uh, took out all his anger on her. Now, when because she was uh, chained by all fours, the bull went on full attack. And once the bull goes on full attack. Mahouts and everyone just, they just have to move away. Mm. So when she was a hit by the bull, she fell to the ground and she couldn't put her legs in a, in a position that, uh, you know, would protect her from breaking her back or from, or from, or from running or anything. So she had to withstand this horrible attack for days. It was for four or five days Gosh. that the bull just would just attack her and attack her. And she was on the ground screaming and bleeding and in trying to, to break free, but they had chained her pretty well and they couldn't do anything until she was able, until the bull finally uh, left her alone and Kabu's back was horrifically uh, injured. Um, now I wanna say that when I reached out to Derek to see if he could help Kabu when we reached out to him, the first time he was here in the United States, um, you know, making the other prostheses and I did it because of course Lack and Derek also wanted this but Boom who is uh, the manager over there at EMP and she just loves loves 
uh, uh, Meadow, when she told me the first time I saw her, I cried so much. Now, Bom, anyone that has been to EMP, Bom is this very strong woman who, uh, to get a tear out of that woman, it must be like getting a tear out of Derek because he doesn't cry either. But <laughs> so, uh, she said, I cried so much. And she said, and Diana, initially when she came to us, I really want you to help um, Mamai because initially when she came to us, her, her back wasn't as, as slanted. Her leg wasn't as short. Uh, as it is now, her deformity was horrible, but it wasn't as it is now. And she was very similar to Mamai, and I fear that if you can't help Mamai, we just have another Kabu in our future. So Kabu has been living like this. You mean Meadow? I'm sorry, yes, uh, Meadow. Meadow will have another Meadow in the future. Meadow has been living like this for about 20 years. She's in her mid-40s, and she is she has thrived, but... <clears throat> Again, uh, Derek will be able to explain that, she, you know, her, her weight is crushing her leg. And, and it's a very, very sad story. But at the end of the day, I also want people to, to see that this elephant is resilient. She wants to live. She has fought to live. And she lives a happy life within her limitations. But Elephant Nature Park has given her a beautiful, gorgeous life. And if we can better that life, yeah. We have to try. That's like, it has to be. I don't know if um, we're hoping this works, but if it doesn't, because it's whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I'm going, you know, Derek and, and we are going to be doing whatever we can to try to better her life. Uh, Derek can explain, you know, all that can happen to her. And this is again, uh, going to prolong her life because sooner or later, Derek, you, what do you think? And sooner or later she can lose her life, right? Yeah, I mean, this is such a severe condition. If you see her, her back is completely bent down. Her one leg is about a foot shorter and it's just kind of hanging in the air. And again, with these thousands of pounds, um, all this weight on the existing uh, legs and on the back, it's just completely tearing her down so quickly. So this is probably the one that the first uh, lifts we're putting on an elephant in the world. So it's another historical event and we're going to learn so much from it, but basically there's such a big leg length discrepancy. We're going to be putting the shoe on with a huge lift. Hopefully that's going to um, even out and redistribute the pressure on her remaining legs and help with her back just to give her comfort, um, enhance mobility and allow her to live happy, healthy lifestyle that she can easily live on this amazing place at Elephant Nature Park. So these, this is such a big deal for any animal, but especially elephants that weigh so much. This is, this is such a big deal. And they live so long that we can extend their lives by so, so many years. Yeah. And which one's uh, Meadows? Is it the shorter one or is it the taller one? Oh, it's the, the one on the right. It's the one on the right. The one on the right. So yeah, the, taller the far one. right. Yeah. And what sort of, did you face any particular challenges with making this one or was it a similar process to oh, Kabo? I mean, every, every time I build an elephant prosthesis, it's, yeah, it's a, a huge challenge. Cha challenge. It's uh, I mean, just the sheer size and mass and uh, the different tools I had to buy just to be able to move and lift these molds um, because they're so heavy. It's like having the elephant, leg at my office in my in my arms so yeah i mean so many challenges just to get an oven big enough to heat up plastic to wrap around these molds um tools to cut this plastic out it's just every part of the process is difficult and uh again it's a big learning experience but um i'm getting through and learning a lot along the way and hopefully getting a lot of relief for these elephants mm -hmm. And I want to tell you that when we were finally at, in Thailand and we, I was so nervous, uh, you know, everyone said he won't be able to help her. I mean, look at her. She's so deformed that he won't be able to help her. And it was really actually funny because when he saw Meadow, when Derek saw Meadow for the first time, he goes, oh, yeah, she's the easiest. We're like, what? <laughs> so, you know, what we think as lay people is one thing that could be absolutely different to one uh, person that knows exactly what they're doing. You know, we were so nervous. 
I told <clears throat> Boom I, I, when she told me, Diana, please, please help her. Uh, if you can, I said, Boom, I promise you, I will do everything and I'll ask him. I'll ask Derek. And if he says yes, it's a go. Even if he says, Diana, it's a 1% that this might work, yeah. uh, Colby and I will it's definitely help her. And last but not least, of course, is Tycoon. What's Tycoon's story? Tycoon also was in logging, but she's a landmine victim. There's mm. so many landmines still planted along the Burma border, the Myanmar border between Thailand and Myanmar. <laughs> and um, her left front foot got damaged. And she has a hole that goes all the way through her foot literally that will probably never heal because it's very difficult for elephants feet to heal because they have to be on them all the time. So she was part of our first bionic giants. And what has happened to her is she has had to put so much weight on the opposite foot on her right front foot that it has, which Derek can explain better. It's deformed her shoulder and pushed it out. So we were thinking let's, figure out how to support that shoulder on the right leg. So Derek built a elbow brace, but with animals, that's very difficult. And again, Derek can explain more because they don't really have an upper arm to attach anything to. So we tried and she allowed us and she knew we were helping and it was gorgeous and, you know, but it just wasn't going to offer enough support. So we all went back to the drawing board and discussed making a booty for the actual injured foot on the left side so she can actually stand better on the landmine injured foot. And that's the middle process, the little, the little short one. Right. And you know, out of all three, she is actually the youngest. She is, uh, and she is just this beautiful tempered elephant. I mean, seriously, I think she really knew who Derek was because I even posted something. Uh, Derek had, was walking around with, um, with, I think he was walking around with Kunde's uh, foot or something. He was walking, and I and I was able to snap a picture of her looking out, like saying, "Are you Derek? Get over here! Give me my <laughs> my brace. I've been waiting." Uh, and you know, when she was when he was putting on the brace, it was just absolutely beautiful because she started touching it. And it must have felt it, you know, she gave us this uh, sensation that, that it must have felt good, maybe the support that she was feeling because she was touching it. But in a way, like we humans, when we touch something that we say, hey, you know, this is really feel, feeling uh, good. And again, because we're making history, because everything is for the, uh, we're doing this the very first of the very first for elephants, it didn't work. But it did in a way because we've learned something. Mm -hmm. It's not a loss. It's yeah. a, it's a win win. Everything that we can learn, and then we we can say this is going to work. This is not. It's always going to be a win win. Yeah. For science, for elephants, and to further uh, what Derek does. Yeah, well, it's a, it's an education process, isn't it? And every time you yeah. learn something new, you remember that and you implement it next time. Derek, this sounds like a particularly complicated case what what were the challenges here a lot so um basically we learned that making elephant elbow braces is next to impossible like diana said that they really don't have an upper extremity since um tycoon is putting so much weight on that uninjured leg it's hyperextending the elbow bringing that shoulder forward um like, like we said, we tried with the elbow brace. We realized it can't really work. So we casted Tycoon's um, injured leg, which was amazing. Like, like Diana said, uh, this elephant was just like perfect to work with. Just held the leg out. Let me, let me cast. And um, so we're making this protective booty because right now they're putting on a protective wrap every single day, mm -hmm. but I made an orthosis. That's really going to be a lot more durable. So they can put that on every single day, help with the healing process like we mentioned, can take a decade or more with elephants um, because they're weight bearing all the time. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a huge deal just to get that feedback and learn what we can and can't do with Tycoon. And um, hopefully 
and again, we're working across the world, around the world. You know, this is not like I can just go every single yeah. day and, and, and touch going. and feel tycoon's leg and, and work with the orthosis. Um, there's so many challenges, so many hurdles along the way with just the distance proximity, um, and just making braces for elephants in general. So, mm. um, I think we're doing an amazing job. Uh, the three of us just working through uh, these hurdles, getting around the problems and trying to tackle them head on to get these elephants in a lot more of, of a stable condition. So what's the next steps then? You, we've got to the stage, you, you successfully did the fundraising campaign. You've been out, um, you've done all the molds and, and now you've created all the prosthetics, correct? And we're, we're just about to, to try them out. Is that right? Yeah. And so we're going to be shipping those over to Elephant Nature Park in Thailand my goal, because um, there's so many elephants and other animals in need over there, I would love to build a little bionic limb lab at Elephant Nature Park and go there a couple times a year because there is that huge need. Mm-hmm. And it's not something where it's just a one and done. People always are like, oh, you put a prosthesis or a brace on any person or any animal and it's going to work forever and be perfect. It's not the case. And you have to have constant adjustment and upkeep. And so to have a lab or a small facility actually at the elephant nature park would be a huge benefit to these animals. So we're in talks of doing something like that right now, and hopefully it can come to fruition because there's such a huge need. Yeah. So we're not just talking about three elephants here. We, there's a lot of animals right. that, that need this, this process and this help Correct. in Thailand. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Many, 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 many animals, you know, many, uh, just in elephant nature park, uh, Derek could be busy for the rest of his, uh, 152 years. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and not done <laughs> and working yeah. from Monday to Monday, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge need. Yeah. That's the problem. I visit all these places and elephant nature park. I think it has about 6,000 animals. Wow. I go there and I see all these animals in need because that's just my eye looking around at all these dogs, cats, bunnies, elephants, you name it. They're all there. And it's that's what's so hard is I see all these animals in need and I want to stay and I want to help. And unfortunately, there's so few of us in the world that do this and not enough time. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's just it's just so needed. More of us doing this, um, you know, learning about what we can do to actually help because there's so many people out there that are just trying to help, but actually hurting these animals because there isn't an educational path out there. So we're really taking these initial steps and trying to get these animals what they need. And, uh, it's, it's not easy, but, um, we're trying and trying, we're going to keep trying. Yeah. And I guess the, you said you were in talks about getting a clinic or something up and running up out there. And, and I guess the barrier to this is money and people probably is it always, always, yeah. always always funds you know it's really it's not easy to raise funds to be able to help a lot of uh, these beautiful ones it's it's always it always comes down to money uh and you know it, that's why we always tell people people unless they see something that is we're needing right now of course everyone will uh come in together and help us and everything but we are we're always in need of funds i think yeah. that happens in in all uh, nonprofits and in ours, which, uh, you know, we're constantly being pulled here and there to help one elephant or the other in various situations, either to rescue them uh, or to uh, feed them or to, in this case, to get them the help they need to be able to live a more comfortable life and a longer life. We're always in need of funds, yeah. Yeah, it must be really tricky to decide on how you allocate funds. I, I don't, um, I wouldn't wish that job on anybody, I don't think. It is a very difficult job and sometimes a very sad yeah. one in the sense that, you know, sometimes we have to pick and choose um, who is in, in most urgent need. And it could be defining, do we help the elder elephant that is either we help this elephant or she dies or he dies, mm-hmm. or do we help the baby and save him? from a horrible life. And sometimes we have to go with the older elephant because this is like the immediate need and it's an immediate life, but you're also heartbroken because you're thinking we're not getting this baby out of the situation uh, he or she is in and they are going to suffer 
a lot because yeah. of it. And it's all funds, always uh, the need of funds. Derek has the same problem in that his time is also because yeah. it's just him. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many animals just in the United States, let alone the world, that, you know, Derek could help if he had about 10 more of himself, you know, and he probably has to make decisions too. Like, and it's very hard to say no to helping an animal. You know, how do you explain to an animal? You're not going to have, you can't help them. Mm -hmm. You know, a person you at least can, you can speak to, you know, it's, it's very difficult. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing updates on your social media pages once you've got the prosthetics out into Thailand and and to see how they progress. And, and I guess, Derek, it's you, you've probably got to fly back out there and, and see how each one are going <laughs> and, and possibly make some adjustments. Or can you adjust these devices yeah, or I mean, do you have to remake them? I, yeah, I mean, that's that's how it's going to be no matter what. You know, you, you try your best from afar um, and you build these things with high hope but in the end we're putting new devices never done before on these elephants and so i I know right away that i'll have to go out there at some point and and take a look get my hands and eyes on it and uh, make any adjustments in need and that's just going to be a constant continuous thing and um but i'm I'm definitely happy to do it oh i was gonna say gary we actually have well wizard of paws the episodes with the bionic giants, the first three, mm. first two, first three, no three, because the cow, I forget, Mr. Cow, <laughs> he's not an elephant, yeah. but he's just as worthy and beautiful. <laughs> um, Derek can tell you when it's coming out. It's airing on BYU TV, I believe in August. Yeah. And it's actually turning in. It's three episodes. I don't know if you guys know that yet, yeah, but um, so it's going to be three half hour episodes. Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be um, aired and I'll post it on my social media accounts. Um, yes. End of August. Um, so you guys can see exactly what we did. These amazing gentle giants, the journey we went through, the process we went through um, and uh, yeah, just get to share with the world what can be done when people come together and, and help. Exactly. It's, it's been such a beautiful journey to work with Derek. Uh, you know, and I think one of the things in, in uh, I've said this before in other interviews and I've said it to him is that I think it's uh, the wonderful thing about working with Derek is that his heart is where it's supposed to be. You know, he really wants to help. It's not about the fame or anything else. It's about really wanting to help. And I think that it, that is what makes a difference when you really are out there to help and not just to gain something from what you're doing. Absolutely. I I think that's why a lot of us do this is because we don't want the money like or fame, like you say. I don't think I'm going to be very famous, but... um... Although we are absolutely adorable in the... the... (laughs) Adorable in the show. (laughs) With all our sweatiness and... (laughs) Now, is that available just in the US or are we going to be able to see it overseas as well? Oh, absolutely. Um... Right? You'll be able to see it overseas and then it comes out. It'll be coming out on Nat Geo and Disney Plus um, in the future. So everyone will get to see it. Uh, You can watch it through a BYU TV app, which you can download on your phone. That's a free app. So you can watch it then as well. Excellent. I'm sure we're we're all looking forward to seeing that. Now, we've got some listener questions if you're you're ready to take some. And I've got a caller to to the station. Um, She's from the U.S. and it is Roshana Bide who, of course, is one of our hosts here on All About Elephants. Hello, Roshana. How are you? Hi, Gary. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm wonderful. Thank you. I couldn't stay away from this topic, and I do have a question, so thanks for uh, inviting me to ask it. Go for, you, for, go for it. What's your question? Great. Thanks. Uh, Colby, Diana, it's great to, to hear from you again. I loved our interview a few months ago. And Derek, um, tears are in my eyes between tears and smiles about everything that the three of you have accomplished. Um, so my question is, I know these are prosthetics, so I would imagine there's not a lot of internal impact, but is there any shift in diet or exercise routine or anything that the, um, these three elephants or any of the animals that you treat that they need to do in order to short-term or long-term adapt to the prosthetics? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, really, 
it's kind of general at this point, especially with elephants, because we don't know a lot about devices with elephants. But in general, with animals, it's like putting on a new shoe for a person. You know, you really start slowly, like half hour process for a few days and then bump it up to an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And so you just want to really slowly um, integrate this into their lives, use positive reinforcement, give them all their favorite goodies as you're putting this on and, and staying calm. And um, so you really just want to go slow. It's common sense to me, but a lot of people don't know, you know, just if you were to put this on and just leave it on for, for a week or, or a month, like you'd have huge problems. So you really need all the people that are caring for the, these animals to take it on, take it off every single day, look for any wounds, look for any irritation, make sure everything's going smoothly. Um, it's a lot to, for any person, for any animal to wear a prosthesis. And it's a lot of upkeep and you need a lot of bodies and people to make sure everything's going uh, in the right direction. So it's not just something you just slap on these guys at all. Okay. And um, we've got a couple of online questions as well. Um, this is from Andrea in New Zealand. Um, she, she says, uh, thank you so much to Derek and Gentle Giants for helping these beautiful elephants. Uh, how is Mr. Cow getting along with his new front legs? Uh, oh, man, that was one of the, the most coolest fittings ever. Um, I've, done, I've worked with a bunch of uh, cows and bulls before, and basically, you look at Mr. Cow, he was born this way. He's never walked in all four legs. Um, people, even my wife included, were just like, how are you going to get this to work when we were out there? And there was a few hiccups with the fittings, but finally we got Mr. Cow up walking, even running on all four legs. It was the coolest moment. Um, it went from being one of the hardest challenging cases to being one of the best successes almost instantly. And he's, I, I'm seeing videos from Elephant Nature Park and some of the people over there putting these devices on. He's, he's doing so awesome. Ah, great. That's, I'm sure Andrea in New Zealand will be very pleased to hear that. Andrea is one of our big supporters. Hi, Andrea. Hello, Andrea. We're very, very happy that you woke up at three o'clock in the morning to tune in. <laughs> she told us. I told her, you better get up, young lady. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Dedicated supporter. And she's typing a new message to me now. So we'll come back to that probably in a minute. Um, another question. What are they made out of and how heavy are they? Um, they're, I mean, extremely light, lightweight studies show that you actually want a certain weight, um, comparative to the animal's weight, um, to be structurally sound and to give that feeling to the animal or person that this is going to support their weight. So, um, with an elephant prosthesis, you're talking, you know, 50 to a hundred pounds a lot of the time, but when, when an elephant is wearing this and it's strapped to their leg it's negligible they, they can barely even feel that weight so whenever anyone says to me oh this prosthesis is too heavy be it for a dog or an elephant I kind of always laugh because really um, it has to be a certain weight uh, to be strong enough to support the animal's weight and to feel like it's going to be supportive to the brain of the animal so um, we make these a lot out of carbon fibers or high temperature thermoplastics. Um, and we use a lot of uh, componentry like uh, elephant elbow joints, which you just can't go onto Amazon and buy. So mm. everything is completely super customized and it has to be manufactured at machine shops and things like that. So um, everything is durable, but we're still learning what's going to work and what doesn't work, you know, carbon fibers or thermoplastics. Um, and, you know, when you're building these uh, on the other side of the world and then fitting them and you don't have a machine shop um, at the spot that you're going to be fitting these devices, you have to get pretty ingenuitive on what materials uh, you use because you're going to have to be adapting them to each elephant when you're over there. And uh, one for Gentle Giants. How many elephants has Gentle Giants helped in total? Oh, my goodness. Well... Uh, in total, under our care, uh, we have had, I think, about 160 or 170 wow. throughout all this time. Um, some have, have graduated to continue into their lives. Uh, hope, hopefully, they are continuing ethical. 
And some have left us because they didn't want to continue ethical and we can uh, continue supporting that. Right now we have 138, but in all Gentle Giants has helped thousands of elephants by sending out food to the ones, even though they are not under our care, we have donated tons and tons of food uh, to those elephants and we have you know, aided any way we can. If someone, uh, when Lek uh, calls uh, me and she says, you know, we need to transport an elephant, can GG help? Of course we have. Uh, we need to send uh, food. Of course we have. Anything that we can do, we have. So in, in to summarize, we've helped under our own care, 100, about 160 or 70. And in all, I think about, once Lek said it was about 1700, so. Wow. I'll go off with her number. But, you know, in all. Incredible achievement, that is. Uh, From Claire in the US, uh, do you have to remold them over time? So I think what, does the elephant improve at all so that you might need to modify it to improve the situation even more? Yeah, just like with people, um, there's a lot of soft tissue and that can fluctuate. And so we're now just learning with elephants how much fluctuation in their limbs occurs. But when you're talking a young or baby elephant uh, growing into their full adulthood, you definitely have to, to work around that and remold as they grow. But when you're talking an adult um, elephant, uh, really we're learning about the fluctuations involved with people. It's a daily process where you wake up, and you put your prosthesis on and your leg can shrink within a day. Um, and there's so many fluctuations, but with elephants, I haven't seen too much of that so far, but it's still a learning process. Mm. I guess it's early days. So we're going to see over time and, and learn from, from what's going to happen in the future. Definitely. Exactly. Uh, can we go and see the elephants? Absolutely. You can go in a book of one week volunteer uh, program at elephant nature park and uh, you can go see them. Excellent. I think I might have to do that myself at some point in the near future. <laughs> Please do. You know, they are they are uh, amazing and majestic. Uh, Mamai, I want to tell you that Mamai and Derek's relationship started off like a little uh, not not so friendly, but then she fell madly in love with him. And, and, you know, it was a process and it was an exciting process. It was a beautiful process to see. How she went from who the hell are you touching my leg to oh come here and touch it some more. <laughs> it was a beautiful and that was a new experience for me because all the elephants I'd treated beforehand were um, mainly like trained and abused to to act a certain way, and those are easier for me to help. But that's not the right path. But with Elephant Nature Park, they're all treated. It, as if they're in a wild um they're they're under care but they're treated correctly and that means you have to approach them the the correct way and so for me and may my you know i go up to her as i have with other animals cautiously but you know you, you have to spend a lot of time with them and and go through the right precautions and uh they're so smart you know they have pass and you may not know that pass so if you're walking up with something in your hand they may associate that with something negatively. And that was kind of the way it was with May Mai. So I had to gain her trust um, just like you would with a person because they are that smart. You can't just walk up to them and touch them. You have to go through this process. And uh, it was an amazing thing for me to learn with, um, with May Mai. Just, you can't just go up to these guys and, um, and put your hands on them. You have to take a, a long time and gain their trust. Right. And it was so beautiful because at first she wouldn't even look at him. Like, how dare you? <laughs> you came up to me and just touched him. You know, it was it was really a, a beautiful moment. And then little by little, it was like, okay, you're 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 a good guy. I like you. You know, and it was really beautiful because uh, we were while we were observing their interaction, it was so beautiful just to see how finally she looks at him and. You know that moment of connection and it happens between humans mm. and, and animals and humans and everything where there's this connection that you can see the other beings say, okay, we're cool. We're, we, can, we can do this together. And that moment uh, happened between Derek and, and Mamai. It was just absolutely beautiful. 
Now, it really is an insp inspirational story. I, I just can't believe what you've managed to achieve, as particularly in just a, a short period of time, really. It's only two years. In fact, your birthday is coming up soon, isn't it? You're, you're two years old on the 16th of July, I believe. No, no. We, were ju we just celebrated our um, the two-year anniversary on okay. June 14th, but we 14th. have our... Two oh, years celebration oh. on July 16th yes. because there was so much going on we couldn't. So uh, we want to remind all, all our Gigi family and Derek, you're invited too. <laughs> so we hope you can make it. Uh, you know, we're just going <laughs> to have this big, um, hopefully a big party where everyone can just join us and we'll be uh, drinking some wine and hopefully Kobe doesn't get drunk and cry. But We'll see, you know, it could happen. <laughs> Everyone's invited, you know, it's just nice. Uh, hope for uh, hope for wine or wine for what, what's the name? One Hope it? Wine. One, One Hope, hope wine. wine has organized a fundraiser for us. You know, people can buy wine and they, um, we get some 10% of whatever the people spend there. But, you know, we're going to, we have decided to, share the link, the Zoom link with everyone. Everyone can join. Uh, we just want to be able to share with our Gigi family because let me tell you, everything we have accomplished, everything, everything uh, has been thanks to our Gigi family. We don't walk on this earth accomplishing what we do without them. And we just have to celebrate. And it's been a lot and we have to celebrate the good, the bad. You know, we've been all... We, we've done this, like with uh, the prosthesis and, and all this, and we, we rescued this. And we've also been like, oh, my God, we lost this baby or this mother. And so we've, we've celebrated and we've uh, cheered each other on and we've cried together. And, you know, it's just a big thing for us uh, to be able to do this with all our family. And how else can people support you rather, rather than join, other than joining your event? What else can people do? Oh, people can, you know, if it, if they want to uh, help us celebrate by donating, you know, by uh, they can go to help our cause and or if they want to sponsor an elephant, if they want to sell, you know, there's so many ways that they can help us uh, celebrate these two year anniversary and help us advance our cause, help us uh, to be able to help more and to continue helping uh, more because right now we have a huge, huge, huge responsibility, financial responsibility, mostly with the 55 elephants that we have under our care at Umkoi, that, you know, if we're not able to fund them every month, send the $37,000 every month just for them, yeah. uh, we lose them. And that's, that's, that's just uh, a fact. And, you know, uh, it's not an easy thing for a little, com a little organization that has been around for two years and doesn't have huge sponsors. We, you know, I wish we could say, oh, you know, we have this huge company that stands by us and sends us money or donates to us every month. We don't. It's been our uh, beautiful Gigi family standing by us and helping all these beautiful uh, gentlemen. And I get the sense that uh, you two aren't slowing down anytime in the near future. There's, there's big things happening here for Gentle, gentle Giants. What else are you, have you got planned for the future? Well, we're going to be launching uh, the volunteer program for Umkoi. Uh, people are going to be able to go to Umkoi uh, to spend. It's going to be one week. It can't be less than that because Umkoi is eight hours away from Chiang Mai. So it's a long journey to get there. But it's a beautiful journey. Next time we go, Derek, I'm, I'm going to be taking you there. Uh, we have actually okay. one that would need your your help. Um, and but it's just <laughs> the most magical place. Let me tell you that when we were going up there, we it was an eight-hour journey, and we didn't feel it like that because it is a mountain that you are literally embraced by Mother Nature, and going up there is just the most magical. Mm, life-changing experience i've been to many beautiful places around the world and this is just like breathtaking uh you know there's a point where you are really entering the mountain and you see all this fog and this mist it's like you're entering this mysterious place and i really felt i'm very i tend to be uh, spiritual and i really felt like mother nature was saying welcome to my land where my children live you know it's i really it was just 
the, the, the mystery of the fog. You couldn't see five feet away from you, you know, and it was, we had to get down and we took pictures and everything. Well, very close pictures because <laughs> no one would see you, but, you know, it was just amazing. And we spent some time there. So the volunteers are going to be able to uh, be completely immersed in nature. Uh, they will be able to hear. We were going to go out and see the stars because there's no electricity there. So you could really, really see the stars really beautiful. But then we heard elephants, uh, wild elephants walking around. And they told us we can't go out. You know, these elephants uh, are around. So we, we have to be very cautious. So it's just going to be such an adventure. And it's going to really be a hands-off project. You'll be able to observe these elephants be elephants because that's where we have to go towards. We have to start pushing these selfies and pushing away from, uh, you know, bathing them, feeding them, doing this, doing that. Because the, the, the real uh, beauty of seeing elephants is seeing them be elephants and allowing them to be elephants and to be with their families and their herds without human interaction. Because when we're so close, they have to be very careful not to step on us or not to hit us or not to bump into us. So, you know, it's not a, such a natural behavior as to be able to see them. So that's what's going to uh, very, very near, in the very near future, we're launching this. Um, and the people will be able to spend time with the villagers. They will be able to spend time with uh, the children, uh, teaching them maybe English or whatever language they, uh, uh, they, they speak. And we're empowering women by teaching them how to make bracelets so they, they can uh, sell you know, to the people that are visiting, to the tourists. So it's, we're really embracing the whole community. And the most beautiful aspect of this is that the whole community wants this they have been working uh towards this and they were the ones to reach out to us and say please continue helping us so uh you know they these people but because we helped 18 of their elephants while COVID for two years they were so happy to have their sons husbands uh children home with their families because before they would have to go out to uh the tourist uh cities and they would not see their husbands or their sons or their brothers and children for years. It could be two, three, four years before they even saw or even more uh, their, their men from the village. So now that they have them back, they want them home and they have been working so hard, so hard to make this a reality because they don't want to go back to the tourist industry. And we've been helping them now for eight months. But of course, it's put a lot of strain on us because it's a big, big bill that we have to, that we're responsible for. Yeah. So yeah. with the volunteer program, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, you know, Elephant Nature Park is going to be, they're going to be booking it through us. Elephant Nature Park will be the one uh, handling everything. So it's managed by them. It's, you know, we have the guides, we have everything. We developed this volunteer program with our partner and friend, like Charlotte. So it's going to be very, very good. And you're going to learn how to survive in the jungle. We have a survival jungle program. So if you ever get lost in the jungle, you'll know what mushroom to eat. <laughs> That's where we're going to send you, Derek. <laughs> All right. I'm looking forward to it. And if anybody wanted to uh, volunteer for this program, they, this is something you're launching soon and they can contact you through your website, right? Absolutely. Once we launch, we'll uh, put it on all our social media and you'll be able to find it on, on our website. Also, you know, uh, we have to coordinate with Elephant Nature Park because they'll be working with us. So I, uh, we take that. It, it'll also be on their um, website. So it will be that we have, we'll have to be a minimum of four people that go. They don't have to know each other and everything, but it will have to be a, a minimum of four people. It's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. And we had our pilot program just about a week ago. Uh, we had some volunteers go up and see, and we shared some pictures like was there. It was really exciting. It's just a, a, the most magical, magical place. I just received an email this morning from Mark, who was a part of our volunteer program. And he said, I've never experienced something so beautiful. And, you know, we're, again, we're pushing for it to be completely hands-off. Because we don't want um, we don't want for people to continue 
falling in love with elephants through faith, uh, selfies. We want for people to continue or to start falling in love mm-hmm. with elephants mm-hmm. through natural behavior. Let's fall in love with nat- nature, you know, with natural. Yeah. That's what we want. We, ha- we actually have a landmine victim up there. She's a beautiful oh mother with a very energetic little boy. And um, I, I haven't been able to get up close to her foot yet, but I know she has trouble walking on it. So it, it may be something in the gotcha. future. Yeah, send me pictures. This is uh, it's never going to end. It's never going to stop. So another flight to Thailand. Yeah, Derek. It could be worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this this whole story is is just inspirational, I think. Um, and all three of you are just you're doing an amazing job, Derek. Thank you so much for being on the show. There's lots more I'd like to talk to you about, but uh, from a, a technical point of view, but perhaps for another show. Thank you. And definitely check out bionicpets.org and look at yes. the guinea guinea pig. Yeah. And the raccoon. <laughs> Actually, there's a gorgeous one of a duck. I love the duck. <laughs> Diana All Colby. different kinds and shapes. Uh, it's great to hear from you again, Diana Colby. Um, please come back on the on the show soon and update us on Meadow, Kaboo, and Tycoon. Thank you very much for having us again, Gary. It's an absolute thank pleasure. you, thank you, and thank you to everyone that has been listening to Roshana that called in. Thanks. Thank you. Um, if you donate thank to, you guys. to Bionic Giants 2, uh, I want to give you a personal thank you as well from me on behalf of these three very courageous elephants in Thailand. Have a look at the Gentle Giants website. They have so many projects they're working on. If you can drop them a little donation, I'm sure this will go a long way to help. If you can't, follow them on social media and retweet or repost. This goes a long way and there's a huge effect on spreading awareness of their campaigns. Until next time on the All About Elephants show... Thank you for listening.